Thank you for listening to this St. Louis on the Air podcast supported by University College at Washington University with undergraduate and graduate programs part-time evening and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. One of the most competitive congressional races in the country is the Illinois 12th. The district includes a significant portion of the Metro East, including all of St. Clair County. Republican Mike Bost is running for re-election against St. Clair County State's Attorney, Democrat Brendan Kelly, and SIU Carbondale Professor, Green candidate, Randy Auksher. The three candidates met earlier this week for a 90-minute debate sponsored by WSIU, the Belleville News Democrat, and the Southern Illinoisan. Today we have brief excerpts of that debate, moderated by public television host Jack Tischner. Beth Hunsdorfer of the Belleville News Democrat asks the first question directed to Brendan Kelly. National labor statistics show the lowest unemployment rate in decades. But here in the 12th district, many counties carry the highest jobless rates in the state. How would you work to increase the job opportunities for your constituents? You know, when I was uh, uh, driving around the uh uh, the district. I, I stopped at a gas station in, in uh, Mount Vernon, and I met a guy named uh, Jimmy. And he was he was offloading his uh, some bottles of water and and some crates of, of soda. He worked for a distributor, and he and he we stuck up a conversation. And he told me that he used to be a teamster. He used to be a teamster, uh, but he was promised that if they got rid of the union, that he would get a little bit of a pay raise. They got rid of the union, they got a little bit of a pay raise, but they also got rid of their health care benefits, they got rid of their retirement benefits, they get rid of all the protections they have for worker safety. And that's part of the problem, that the reason we're not seeing an increase in wages and, and jobs that actually pay a good amount of money that people can afford to be able to live. Because we've had people uh, that are in power now, that uh, uh, my opponent, Mr. Bost, that, that he's a part of, that have, have done everything they can to undermine organized labor over and over and over again. They have attacked organized labor. And that's one of the reasons in this, this economy where things are, are booming for some places around the country, it's not being felt here. It's because of this this negative pressure on, on organized labor, these attacks on organized labor. So I would do everything I can to, to defend organized labor. That will improve uh, That will improve uh, the local economy by having uh, wages that are greater. But I also would make sure uh, that we don't have regulations that are unnecessary. I met with a small business owner in, in Union County, and she told me that it, it is a problem for smaller businesses. The bigger businesses, these big guys at the top, they're doing really, really well, and they can handle all these different regulations. But I think we can we can improve the economy here locally by going after old regulations in a way that makes sense, in the way that other countries have done. You repeal the ones that aren't working. You retain the ones that are working, that we need for clean air and clean water and, and health and safety. And you rewrite those ones that aren't working. I don't think there should be any sacred cows, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, whatever you are. I think we need to make sure that we're ma making decisions that help people here in southern Illinois. Randy Oksher. I think that the development of our infrastructure in southern Illinois is the key to job growth. I do not believe that building more roads is the right kind of development. We can't maintain the ones we have. They're inefficient to build. What we need is a good, solid, light rail transportation system that connects the rural parts of southern Illinois to the, to the metro east and to St. Louis itself. If we had light rail, and we don't have to build new tracks in order to have it, all the tracks are already in place. All we need is the trains and the rental of the tracks. If we had that, then people who live in rural southern Illinois could work in St. Louis and stay on the farm at the same time. 
Part of the family can commute, part of the family can stay home. I think that regionalism and developing our region as a region depends on that kind of infrastructure. The second kind of infrastructure that we need in order to develop jobs in southern Illinois is we need technological infrastructure. We need not only high-speed internet to be available everywhere, what we need is for everybody to be connected to everybody through a common cloud that is the Southern Illinois cloud, which is to say there's no reason why our governmental agencies, our county boards, our mayors, uh, our various city councils cannot be connected to one another, communicate with one another, and develop this region together. But that requires technological infrastructure, and we don't have it at this time. I I think that my approach to this is a forward-looking approach. It does not have to do with uh, securing pork projects that then bring the kinds of jobs that only last for a short time. I'm thinking about development that goes well into the future for the next 50, 100, 150 years. Southern Illinois can be a leader if we get on the stick right now and develop the infrastructure necessary to communicate with one another. Mr. Bost. Thank you. And let me say this. With what we did with the tax cuts and what we did to start expanding business growth is occurring nationwide. Now, the growth we see here that's small and not growing as fast is a lot to do with the state. That being said, I believe that our communities know and understand where I'm coming from and what we're working on together. When we go out and, and we understand we're having more jobs opportunity in this nation than we've ever had before. So those businesses, some here are expanding and we're always glad to have that happen. But the people that actually I represent have noticed that. That's why I've got 11 unions that have endorsed me along with every business group out there. Because whether it's business or unions, they understand that we're working to try to get that economic growth to happen. And I'm glad Randy brought up the infrastructure because we're working right now. The president has said that he wants an infrastructure bill, but I don't agree with him on it. It's only going to be rails. It's going to be rails. It's going to be roads. It's going to be the, the, the interesting thing about the Illinois 12th is the Illinois 12th is the only district in the United States that has three navigable waterways. That means that we have the Kaskaskia, the Mississippi, and Ohio. We need to invest in that infrastructure, whether it's levees and whether it's maintaining the locks and dams. We just recently uh, uh, put into dry uh, the Kaskaskia River uh, lock, and we opened it up to make sure it's ready to handle the business as we move forward, as we move forward with agriculture, as we move forward with industries that, ex that are expanding, and we're going to continue to grow the economy. But we've got to work also to educate the people and in the bill that in a bill that we're working on in the farm bill, there's actually education money for those people who are receiving food stamps to try to get them working as well. Next question is from Jennifer Fuller to Randy Oxer. As we meet on the campus of Southern Illinois University Carbondale, many young people are heavily in debt, taking out loans to finance their education. This debt often leads them to delay the purchase of a home as well as continuing their education or even starting a family. What would you suggest to ease the financial strain of student loan debt on young people, and how could you help college be more accessible to the middle and lower class? I favor a gradual, say about three-year process through which all current college debt is forgiven and the companies that have made those loans are adequately compensated for the investment that they made uh, in people's educations. I think it would be 
an immediate stimulus to the economy if young people and even people who are now in middle age and still paying college debt had that income to spend. However, I think that a condition of the forgiving of college debt needs to include that those whose debt is forgiven invest in homes, in cars, in durable goods. I think that um, uh, cars that are majority made in America could be incentivized in a loan forgiveness plan. I also favor the development of a national service plan, non-mandatory but heavily incentivized, whereby people between 18 and 20 years old can help us rebuild the infrastructure of this nation and while doing so can earn money for college. I think there should be a military option with that as well, such that those who choose the military get even better benefits. I believe we can cut into the problem of student loan debt by initiating a national service program and at the same time teaching rural kids about the city, teaching city kids about rural places, and fixing the infrastructure that has been deteriorating since the Civil Conservation Corps uh, was disbanded. I think that in terms of quality education, education is changing. And we're probably, public education and higher education is going to be consolidated in the near future. And as it is, what we need to keep in mind is we've got to keep the students and their future at the center of this process of consolidation of state higher education to make it more efficient. Mr. Bost. Thank you. One thing we need to understand is, is that with the changes that have occurred and the economic growth that is, is happening around the nation, we have to actually rethink our education process. We need to go back to where we actually have vocational training and figure that out early in life when a student says, okay, do I w really want a four-year degree or do I want to take a welding course or do I want to go into woodworking? What do I need to do that I can, and, and actually those jobs quite often pay as high as any other job especially uh, with, with the trades that we need right now. So we need to focus our education so we can do it that way. As we move forward by growing the economy, by growing the economy, more people with more money in their pocket, the $2,200 that people are saving per year, though it doesn't co completely go into education, parents can start making a decision in, before they couldn't even save any money. So now they can start making those saving plans. We put, whenever I was in the state legislature, we put savings plans in place. We should use those, but we do have to work with higher education to bring the cost down. That is not, that, that is something that the federal government can work on a little bit, but our state government needs to work on tremendously. Mr. Kelly. Well, I'm, I'm very lucky that uh, I was able to get a, a full scholarship where, where I went to, went to college, and I, I got that because I served in the United States Navy. Uncle, Uncle Sam uh, paid for my education, I, and I got to uh, serve around the world, and it was a great privilege to be able to get an education that way, but there's many people who don't have that opportunity. I believe in national service, just as Randy does, uh, but I think that's not a, something that's going to fit for everybody and, and fix the immediate concern that we have. I think the easiest way for us to ease the burden of, of young people who are trying to seek in higher education is change this absolutely amoral policy that is currently the law of the land. The fact that the federal government, the federal government makes a profit off the interest of student loans. Education is supposed to make your life easier and not life harder. And this is a policy that has remained in place. And this is a policy that is making it more difficult for people to get an education. It's hurting Southern Illinois University. It's hurting enrollment in Southern Illinois University. 
and, and, and there's no excuse that it's still there. The people that are in power now, including my opponent, they control the House, they control the Senate, they control the White House, and there's no excuse for the fact that it hasn't been changed. And there's been a lot of talk about making sure that we value work and we are getting people the right skills and not sending everybody to a college. Some people know they need to go to junior college. Some people need to learn other skills. A lot of talk about that. But the people that are in power now, they control everything, and they still haven't gone, got it done. They keep talking about it. I'm willing to work with anybody from any party to be able to address those issues. So those are the, some of the things that we've, 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 we've got to focus on, and there's no excuse for that the people that are in power now haven't got it done. And it's a threat to the very existence of the Southern Illinois economy because it's a threat to Southern Illinois University. I don't know how many people I've met as I've traveled around Southern Illinois that are so concerned about the future of this university, not just the students here, not just the fact but, but all the businesses that dependent upon it. And if you look what's happened over the past 20, 30 years and who you've had in office, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. Next question is from Allie Quick for Mike Bost. This question was inspired by several similar questions that were submitted by many Southern Illinoisan readers. Brendan Kelly has said he will not support Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House should Democrats secure a majority. Current Speaker Paul Ryan has said he will retire. Is there a specific person each of you would support as the next Speaker of the House? Yeah, I'd like to address a couple things. One, I would be supporting uh, Kevin McCarthy. Uh, Kevin McCarthy can put groups together and work in a bipartisan manner to put the 218 votes you have to do to move bills, and he has worked as the whip and understands that. He's well respected. And I know that my opponent says he would not vote for Nancy Pelosi. See, that's a little hard for us that, that work around the process to understand, and that is because what happens is you, if if Nancy Pelosi would take, the, the Democrats would take majority again, they would go into a conference. And at that conference, they would vote as the Democrat members. And then they would come out and they would be locked as a caucus and locked as a caucus to make the vote for the speaker. Right now, Nancy Pelosi has went around touting all around this United States how she is going to be speaker again. And if she is, there are a lot of problems that will come with that. Now, how do we as Southern Illinoisans know that? How many people have we said they would not vote for Mike Madigan if they were elected? And they do. We understand how the situation works, and I hope my opponent understands that as well. As he claims he would not, not vote for her, that is not, he, he, he's showing he doesn't understand the process. Mr. Kelly. You know, as a, a prosecutor, I've had the opportunity from time to time to uh, cross-examine uh, witnesses on the stand a few times, and you can tell when the pressure is getting to them because they, they lie and they lie and they lie. And I guess in this election, the pressure must be must be getting to the congressman because he keeps repeating these lies that the people that he is beholden to have told them to say. And that's the difference between you and me. I have never taken a dime from Nancy Pelosi. You have taken $16,000 from from Bruce Rauner. You actually just came here from a fundraiser with Paul Ryan. And you talk about all this pressure and the process and then we don't understand it. You've got to be able to stand up to the pressure. That's what's wrong with our politics. That's what's wrong for the people in Southern Illinois. You keep giving into the pressure of these party leaders, the big donors, that's gotta stop. I'm gonna vote for a speaker for whoever is gonna put Southern Illinois first. That's who I'm gonna prioritize. And I'm gonna work with anybody from either party, whoever the leader is, to make sure that we're confronting the issues that we have to work on here in Southern Illinois. And that means you gotta be able to take the pressure.
That's St. Clair County State's Attorney Brendan Kelly, a Democrat who, along with Green Party candidate Randy Auksher, is challenging Illinois 12th District Congressman Republican Mike Bost. The Illinois 12th covers much of the Metro East and is one of the most watched and competitive congressional races in the country. The three candidates met earlier this week in Carbondale for a 90-minute debate sponsored by WSIU, the Belleville News Democrat, and the Southern Illinoisan. Our thanks to the three organizations for allowing us to air excerpts. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.